Hello everyone, the one called Fate knocks at your door. It's your boy Hunt, joined by Karen, the manager slayer. Hello! And Kami! Hi guys. He wiggled, you couldn't see it, but he was doing a little wiggle. A little shimmy, a little shake. A little, a little thing of himself. And we're back with another D&D episode, just a story time episode like the first couple episodes of the podcast were. Don't worry, this isn't turning into a... This isn't turning into a D&D exclusive podcast. It's just, uh, we've been doing a lot of D&D stuff lately. Made characters today for Karen's campaign. Mm-hmm. What is that going to be, like a level 1 to 20 campaign? I mean, level 1 to whenever you guys don't want to keep going. My cat's... Or when one of us inevitably dies. All of you inevitably die. I'm ready to die. <laughs> but I made a cool lizard man, so I think it'll be fun. I'm so <laughs> excited about your character. I can't even tell you. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so today we're just going to tell D&D stories from our D&D past. I know we've done recaps of our time playing, and we've told the story of that, but we've all played D&D prior to that, except Big Boy Chungus. He's not here because he is still dead. Uh, as we explained last time, he is, in fact, a dead man. He got the COVID. Honestly, I hope he's in hell. <laughs> Honestly, I hope he's in hell. That way you can hang out with him when you die. Yeah. He's not really dead. Just <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't have to say that, but I know I do. He's not dead. I didn't explain it last time. I just let it run. He is alive. He is simply not here. <laughs> but uh, we are going to roll for initiative to see who gets to start off story time. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I rolled a three. Seventeen. Seven. Well, Karen, you go first or you can yield. Oh, I'll go first. Maybe. Depends. Okay, well, you have to decide, like, right now. I'll tell a story about D&D for story time. I don't know. I'm weird right now. Maybe it's because I've had 12 cups of coffee. You have had a lot of coffee. Oh, the cat's knocking down the dice. Our cat likes to play D&D. Oh, she she rolled a one. Oh, Oh, no. Crit fail. Oh, no. You have to go outside now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You've been disowned. You're no longer my cat. You have to go outside. Aww. She okay. says, no thank you. Okay. So, D&D story. Ooh, I can't decide. Oh, not the mic, one. baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> She's currently rubbing on the mic. Oh. I can't decide what's, what session. I can't even think of one right now. I'll yield to Kami, because I think he's got some good stories. He's got a whiteboard with a bunch of stories written out on it. I have no stories written out, actually. Oh, really? These are just our brainstorms from earlier. Oh. What if he yielded to you, hon? <laughs> That'd be hysterical. I can't believe it's taking this long for you to tell a story. Okay, so I'll tell the Valkyrie story. Oh, no. So, um, context, I have actually only ever played D&D at this point, with one exception, um, with Karen, the manager slayer. She's either my GM or she plays. So, uh, she was there for this story. I was only partially there for this story. Um, so we were running a session in college with a bunch of college, I want to say friends, but... They were friends. For a little while. For a little while, and then some of us went crazy. <laughs> so, um... You say some of us, like, you're one of the ones that went crazy. I think I was. I think I definitely was. <laughs> You've always been crazy, so oh, yeah, you can't that's go it. crazy. Well, if you get married, you're absolutely crazy, so... That was later on, though. <laughs> so there. Um, so we were playing with a group of people, and... It was vaguely, it was mythology themed, and I could go into depth about that, but let's leave it at, it was mythology themed. Um, and one of the care I was playing a character that was like Norse, 
associated effectively. Did you say kind of like a demigod almost? Um, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Demigods. Let's just go with that. Um, you could, I mean, like, if you want to go for it off the cuff, it's just like a Percy Jackson. Think that. All the all the myths are real. Yeah, very vaguely based on that. So, um, I was playing a Norse character, and we were going through this basically underground maze when a Valkyrie, a Norse chooser of the slain, appears. And one of the characters in this party, and uh, this happened while I was away... So my character was just kind of on autopilot. But one of the Greek characters decided to pick a fight with a battlefield chooser of the slain because, and I quote, its feathers are pretty, I want one. It's not the exact quote, but... That's it. (laughs) Podcast over. Podcast over. (laughs) I don't need to hear any more of this. (laughs) Was it because the feather or because he wanted to take a wing? He wanted the feather because up until that point he always took a feather from the creatures he defeated, I think. It took something from each of the creatures he defeated. It was feathers, though. He was obsessed. I don't so know why. he literally decided to pick a fight with a deific level entity and get the entire party engaged in a fight. My character is autopiloting through this. When he I wasn't ret- even there. Was I not? You weren't there. Okay. So whatever. When I come back next week to learn that this character has picked a fight with a Valkyrie chooser of the slain. And one of the deities that my character worships as a Norse thing, whatever. Um, I'm pretty sure we might have had a fight. Yeah, there was... I think we actually came to blows over that. Because I was like, there's no way I could let this one fly. Very close. Because it was... You two had, like, a skerfuffle. And then the rest of the party's like, guys, let's let's not do this. We're, we're gonna have to fight something eventually again. You guys don't need to dish each other damage. And I think it was... That was kind of a big boy chungus moment where, like, he was... <laughs> so maliciously attacked by the party like why did you pick that fight i can't believe you did that he was like bullied by the team that's the coffee going off don't worry i i'm not addicted <laughs> you absolutely are uh, yes but he was lying <laughs> he was so maliciously attacked for that that he became a better player afterwards oh just like Right, yeah. He yeah. became the best player of that entire group after oh, yeah. we maliciously abused him. He had, like, some of the best moments after that because he's like, I realize my faults, and he just became this awesome character, this awesome player. It was great, honestly. Later on in that same campaign, me and this particular character, whose name was King? Yes. Um, the two of us soloed a white dragon between the two of us while the we split the party stupidly. While the other half of the party, so it was two of us taking on a white dragon, and then four people on the other side of the party were just getting absolutely... Wrecked by a deity. Yeah, by a deity. But, like, I mean, you guys had... Which was the same stats as the dragon, though. Yeah, actually was, I think, a little less health than the dragon. But you guys just perfectly balanced each other, played off of each other. You're like, oh, we're just gonna... I had to throw that at you as an extra encounter to keep you balanced with the other team. No, you threw an Arrowhawk at us after the dragon, and we killed the Arrowhawk, too. Yeah, I just... I kept throwing stuff, but they played so well together, and they were like, oh, okay, like, two seconds to decide. You do this, I'll do this, and they just... It was beautiful. He became became one of my favorite people to play with after that whole Valkyrie run-in. Oh, yeah. Well, he just, you know... He did really good. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful transit. I suppose that was kind of the theme of that story. It was beautiful metamorphoses of, of characters based on 
party bullying. <laughs> That's how we do it uh, around these parts, apparently. Yeah. Do you have a story to share? I'm sure you do. Uh, well, all my D&D stories pre-our group happened like a decade ago. <laughs> so, they're a little fuzzy. A little fuzzy? A little fuzzy. I can just I, I can just tell you about my 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 half elf cleric Spock. Ooh, yeah. I hear about this because it's like Spock was half Vulcan or whatever. So when we started, we were just given pre-made characters because the DM didn't want to spend a whole session creating all five of our characters. So um, I think I just let everybody else pick, and then I took what was left. I'm not sure. That, that seems like what I would do, to be completely honest. But I got a half elf cleric, and he just became sort of. God, he was so <laughs> like he was one of the only two characters to survive all four years of my high school in our group. Uh, it was me and a dragonborn paladin, and that's all that survived. And he actually became such a high level that a friend who was in that group now uses him as an NPC to guide his D and D campaign people. So he's still alive and well. But just way too strong to be played. Because, like, it got to the point where you couldn't sit, you, we couldn't do dungeons and stuff anymore with undead things. Because I would walk into the room and undead things would disintegrate from either my aura, <laughs> my sun sword. It's uh, like just having the sun sword out would just destroy vampires instantly. And then I had, like, this aura that would, like, degrade zombies. And <laughs> I just, I got too strong. And I replaced God. <laughs> Not just in game, but... You ascended. In real life, absolutely. I am the Lord. <laughs> I love that you couldn't even do dungeons anymore. That is hysterical. <laughs> Yours is the character I wish I could have in Skyrim. Because all the Draugr, all the time. Uh, nothing but Draugr. Oh, Fetch Skyrim. quests, fight Draugr. Skyrim's actually a lame game at me. <laughs> oh, Great gameplay, though. But the quests were nothing compared to Oblivion's. Oblivion is beautiful. I can't wait for Sky Oblivion to finally hit. <laughs> Should yeah. we just turn this into a Skyrim? This is a Skyrim-only podcast now. We only <laughs> talk about Skyrim. <laughs> Screw tabletop games. Todd Howard has actually just ported Skyrim from the computer to real life. To our lives, specifically. Oh my gosh. But yeah, he just ascended. So I'm really happy to know that my first character is out, is out there still doing stuff. And also, since he was just a pre-made, he wasn't super cringy. He was a little cringy. Um, How was he a little cringy? Well, he he crossed his fingers during his clerical oaths. He's got a bit of an authority problem because he, like, was forced to join the church by his family. Like, as a legacy kind of thing, almost. He didn't want to... Like, he believed the gods in the gods and worshipped the gods. He just didn't want to... Dedicate his life to them. Yeah, he wanted to be his own dude, which is kind of why he is adventuring. But, uh... I'm sensing some projection here. Yeah, he used to pee on statues because he had an authority problem. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's, that's See, that's a little cringy. Yeah. So, in New Towns, he'd pee on a statue. And one time this priestess came up while I was, like, mid-urination on a statue. And she was like, hey, you, cleric. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, trying to put it away. And, and she was like, I need your help. And I was like, ooh, in the clear. <laughs> and then I got this, like, side quest that no one else had or knew about where I just had to, like, send... I had to, like, teleport orc heads back to her, and she'd teleport me gold. So I always had, like, a ton of gold, and no one knew why. Because every time we killed an orc, I would just slyly teleport its head away. 
I had like this code phrase or something. I would tell the DM for the teleporting the orc stuff back, and then I would just I just had a ton of gold all the time. That whoa. is beautiful. Whoa, whoa! I I got a couple of questions here. A, Shoot. what statue are you peeing on? B, why did you want orc heads? I think it was the statue of like the town founder. Oh my gosh. Like Jebediah Springfield or something like that. <laughs> and then why did you want orc heads? I, I need to know. I don't remember. Something about I don't I don't remember. She clearly did not like orcs. Maybe some goblin slayer style vendetta. I don't know. Oh yeah, there we go. Oh I don't remember. Goodness. This was when I was a freshman in high school is when I got that quest because it was real early on. It was my first year, I know for a fact. And it just so, stayed true the entire four years? It just stayed true for four years. I was just... Wow. I was like an orc serial killer. But not entirely. <laughs> not entirely, because there was an orc we played with a lot, and he was pretty cool. But I'll get to him later. I'm going to pass it off to you, son. <laughs> I'm pointing at Karen, for yeah. the record. No one can see me. That's okay. With my crooked Bela Lugosi fingers. <laughs> I'm just still trying to wrap my head around the orc thing. I'm surprised no one ever was like, hey, you cut off a lot of orc heads. What's up with that? <laughs> but uh, moving on, I, I want to tell a good story about one of my favorite players that I ever had the pleasure of GMing for because he was hysterical. Flocka. And it's probably not the story, actually, that uh, that Kami's thinking of because he was in that group, of course, and it was the loosely inspired mythology Percy Jackson D&D where um, we had two groups kind of working simultaneously where um, Kami's character would go between the two because I mean you know we're married so of course he's always around and I I love having him in the game too because he's a really good player and knows what he's doing oh thanks well I am good for you <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, celebrating in the um, second group it was him and two other people. Uh, Paul, Paul Bunyan. Bunyan was in that group. We're just going to call him that on the podcast from now on? Yeah, Paul Bunyan. That's his <laughs> new name, unless like I get tired of saying Paul Bunyan, and I'll say... We're calling the other boy, uh, Flyboy. Flyboy, yeah. Flyboy is going to be our third for that group. Which, this story is actually about Flyboy, because he was hysterical. And sometimes he just rolls so well that... I can't even throw something big enough at him to kill him. <laughs> so um, they were going on to this middle plane where they had to take out obelisks and free the deities that were trapped inside of them. And that sounds really weird now that I say that aloud. Anyways, <laughs> so um, they went in and they were doing these obelisks. I mean, they were just tearing through them. Paul Bunyan, Flyboy, and Kami were just brutally efficient. So I'm like, oh, let me throw kind of a crazy one at them. So around this one was like a huge moat that, you know, it was like dark, murky water around this obelisk. And they're like, well, we can't get to the obelisk and attack it because of the moat. So they were like approaching it and looking inside. And that's when this big old kraken came out. Well, actually, it was like a baby kraken. Oh. Was, yeah, I loved it. And so I planned this. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is definitely going to give them, you know, the worst time ever. Well, um, Flyboy was a, his parentage was like a weather deity, a Chinese weather deity. I can't even remember the name of it right now. And he was like. Yes, we'll have to play Age of Mythology to remember. Yes. Yep. He's like, oh, no, we have to, you know 
It's like Al Kwong or something like that. Yeah, that sounds right, actually. So I think Kami was trying to take a hack at it, and Paul Bunyan was trying to do whatever. Came around to Flyboy's turn, and he's like, ooh, I'm going to use my weather ability to um, try to dry up some of the water or something or something like that. Rolls a 20, just, you know, every time. And I'm like, oh, no. Dehydrates all his enemies. He rolled like three subsequent 20s. Yeah. Wow. It was like 20 for can he do it, 20 for what's the level of success, 20 for what's the effect on the Kraken. Yeah. And it was just simultaneous destruction. Yes. It was three 20s in a row. And I was like, well, I have to reward this. So he dries up the entire moat and then the Kraken just starts kind of floundering and dries out and died. Oh, no. We kind of sat there on the side of this once moat for like two hours waiting for the thing to expire because... (laughs) Poor baby. (laughs) It was too dangerous to get close to put it out of its misery, but... Could have taken a short rest. (laughs) I think we might have. I think they did. And then they were like, oh, let's long range it. And for some reason, he couldn't land a hit. Uh, Kami couldn't land a hit. No one could land a hit on this thing, so they're like, well, I guess we'll just wait until it's done, you know, trying <laughs> out. Because it was flopping around like a magic harp, so you couldn't hit it because you couldn't predict where it was going, probably. Yeah, because it would, like, hit them every time they got close. So I was like, well, I guess I'll throw another enemy at them. And then, again, Flyboy, he was a monk. He's like, oh, okay, I know what I'm going to do for this. I'm going to punch it, like, punch its face in. And again, he rolls 20s. It was a giant, like, worm thing that if you touched it, it caused fire damage. Yeah. He needs to get those dice checked. Someone's got some He was using my dice. He was using your dice. He didn't have his own set. Just like me. Yeah. So he he was like, oh, I'm going to punch it in its face. And he ended up rolling, like, three 20s in a row again. Oh, my God. And so he, like, burrowed his way through its face out the tail of this thing and he's like hmm you know what i want to do i want to harvest the fiery parts and make punching gauntlets gauntlets out of them which uh paul bunyan was playing a crafting god so that worked out perfectly so he ended up like having fire fist punchy gauntlet things after that and i mean he that was his thing he would just punch something into oblivion (laughs) he was one of the more overpowered not from any, like, character creation stuff. He just happened to be am- amazing because he rolled amazingly each time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but did he ever kick in a magically sealed door, though? No. <laughs> but you had to think about it, which says plenty. <laughs> he did kick the crap out of a deity by himself. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he did do that. I think he might know some dice tricks, get it to roll the way he wants. <laughs> You know, he's just always had really good luck with that. I don't know. He played one of my favorite characters in a D&D that I ran. Yeah. Uh, he was playing a southern hick named Sheldon in a World War One inspired D&D. So I created a, a story where World War One happened 20 years earlier than it did in actual history. Because of some, you know, of all the secret alliances and stuff like that. And that's the world they were playing in, is the... World War One had been going on, but it hadn't ended. It was just going for, like, 20 years. So technology and everything is weird and different. So he was playing a Deep South engineer who grew up working on tractors, which in World War One era was kind of the basis for all mechanical yeah. anything. So he was just an engineer, 
Um, and he was brilliant. His name was Sheldon. I don't know why he chose that name. I don't either. It makes worked. Me, makes me flash back to Big Bang Theory stuff, but he was absolutely one of the best characters I have ever seen. Just his level of role play and engagement with the universe was fantastic, and it completely made up for Paul Bunyan, who did not interact with the world at all. <laughs> yeah, because like... <laughs> Talking smack about the bun... Well, the, the bun would be... We gotta call on that now. The bun. <laughs> the bun would just be like, oh, I interact. But, like, Sheldon, or uh, Flyboy as Sheldon would be like, goes up to a person without an accent. I mean, he would, like, talk to the NPCs, not just be like, I talk to NPC. And he got really into it, so. Yeah, Bun described his character as a very large, jovial man. And he had, like, a huge charisma stat, but all he would do interacting was, I walk up to the Russian resistance fighters and make friends with them. Half the fun is the conversations. Yeah, but all he would ever say was, I go up and make friends with them. And I'd be like, I guess roll charisma check? He must be a player that's more in it for the combat, maybe? Yes. I think so. I think he's more into, like, yeah. seeing how those... Because I'm the type that's, like, all in for the role play. There could be no combat, and I wouldn't care. I'm all in for the role play. He's a combat min-maxer. Yeah. That's all he cares about is... is And also breaking the game. He's a he's an occasionally frustrating player to have, because all he do, wants <laughs> to do is break the game and manipulate the rules to his own advantage. I mean... So, ah, yeah. like the stock market. Exactly that. <laughs> Except oh my God. I'm... <laughs> Boomer humor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, I think there's, you got different kinds of, like, Hunt here is a great, like, story player more so. And then you got people who are like, I just want combat. And then you have the people who want to, like, you know, oh, it's me versus them, you know. I like a nice mix of everything. I think that's just, you know. The role play is so much smack fun. People. Yeah, I just want to do the role play. Yeah. Tell us another story, Hunt. Tell us a story, Papa. Yeah. Sure. Father. Sure, I have a whole list. Uh, what about one of my players who used to cheat all the time? Oh, yes. I want to hear this. <laughs> I have multiple player cheating stories. So there was this guy. He was real into it, but he was a little insecure. I think maybe because of his physical appearance. I'm not going to specify the appearance, but... I think it was a little insecure because of his physical appearance. You know who I'm talking about, so you know. Can confirm. Yeah. So he would always try to impress people <laughs> and always wanted to be the best person doing anything that was... Whenever he was doing something, you wanted to be the best person at it. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but when you want everyone to think you're the best and not just want to try to strive for the best, it's kind of a different thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what he would do is look up dungeons online, take his character home. I just left my character with a DM, like I do with you. Like, yeah. I'm not going to do anything with it. But uh, he would look up dungeons and stuff, read through them, be like, oh, my character could beat that, and then give himself the experience points. What? Yeah, and then come back several levels higher the next week and think no one would notice. And then the DM would be like, why is your character leveled up so much? He'd be like, oh, I read... Th he would just be straight up transparent about it. He would just say what he did. Like, it was no big deal. He was like, oh, my character could definitely handle that. And then the DM would, like, kill off his character. Like, Good. actively try. I mean, when you're doing that, you're cheating. So if the DM's actively trying to kill you off, then I'm not going to say anything. 
Mm-hmm. Normally, if the DM is actively targeting one character, I'm like... That's a problem. That's not cool. But if you're legit cheating... Like, every time he'd do that, he would just get killed off. And it's like, dude, learn your lesson. He was getting a new character, like, every two weeks because he was doing that stuff. Jeez. It was wild. That's a weird level of cheating. I know people who will, like, fudge their stat numbers or... Yeah, I just rolled a, a 19 and try and swipe the d20 off the table before anybody can see what they rolled. Like, yeah. that kind of cheating is almost, like... It's not good, but it's kind of expected. Like it's the normal run of the mill cheating. But taking your character home, running him through a campaign by yourself, and awarding yourself experience points—that's a different level of. And the worst part is, it didn't make sense story wise because he would do it while we were in the middle of a dungeon. Right. <laughs> Look, my character's actually teleported out, goes through this entire other quest line, teleports back in at the exact moment that he teleported out. Like, come on. But, uh... Jeez. We did have another cheater. A lady cheater. Ooh. And she would do that thing where she would roll the die, and if it was anything under a 10, she would, like, scoop it up real fast and be like, it was a 20, and always claim it was a nat 20. Every time. Not even something realistic. A nat 20 every time. Oh, my god. And we'd watch her, and I'm like, that was a 7. <laughs> Absolutely, I saw it. That was a 7. That was one digit. It was a seven. <laughs> so how did your GM handle that? Uh, well, when we called her on it, she could just be like, fine, it was a seven, and then give the regular thing. But a seven's not even that bad after you add everything to yeah. it. Yeah. But it's like anything By mid-levels, under... rolling a seven means you probably have like a 17. Yeah, anything under a, under a 10, she would, she would scoop it up really fast and be like, it was a 20. And it was like so transparent also. Sometimes if we didn't get a glimpse of it, we'd be like, no way that was a 20, re-roll. And we'd vote for a re-roll. <laughs> and she'd have to do it. Uh, just, why cheat? This is like the last game I feel like anyone would want to cheat at, almost. Because there's no yeah. winner. <laughs> You're just playing. Yeah. Honestly, the best stuff happens when you do fail. Like, somebody falling through a portal in that mythology D&D. Oh, we have so many stories from that mythology. Oh, give me that one. Give me that story. Hit me up with it, homies. I'll, I'll my friends, my pals, my guys, just... my friends. Are you, are you good? I've never been good in my whole life. I don't know. You probably had about five minutes, maybe a third grade <laughs> that made... were good. Nah. Not even then? Nah. I kind of want to know why she cheated. It's like, were you doing it for a joker? But anyways, portal story. I can do that. Because I know Kami will mess it up. <laughs> Excuse you. Excuse? <laughs> so, it was, you know, we did like a whole weekend, three-day stint thing, and I was like, okay, I'm going to give them a, a big fight for the end of this three-day stint with the second group with the three people in it. With Flyboy, Bun, Bun, and Kami. So, um, they're fighting a deity in one of these little sanctuaries that I gave the characters so they could kind of go back, kind of like a home base, kind of like go and, you know, recuperate, recuperate, get some supplies like healing potions and stuff. I wanted them to, you know, feel like, oh, we can go back here and it's okay. So, um, one of the big baddies went and like infiltrated or just showed up. I don't really remember. Kind of kicked in the door. Kicked in the door and wanted to fight. Because she was like, well, I've had enough of this. This good people-ness. So. Thwart my plans. Yeah. 
So all the sanctuary people and then the three players all show up to fight her. And I'm just going to tell the highlights Please. of it. So she was hanging out on the roof of the sanctuary because she could like easily fly, teleport, everything. And so Kami's like, oh, my character has all these special abilities. I have an idea, and Paul Bunyan was like, I think I know what we're about to do. So, the bun had a shield and an explosive hammer thing. So he's like, okay, Kami, have your character run at me. I'm going to shield jump him, and then I'm going to use the explosion from my hammer to rocket you up. I saw that in Ruby once. <laughs> Probably. Pro- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I bet it came from there, so I don't know. I think the Ruby theme song, or Red Like Roses, is still his uh, ringtone on his phone. I think it is. <laughs> but he was like, okay, and he, he was like, can I do that where, because he had like an explosive rune in it that would, and I'm like, you know, the way you explain it made sense to me, so why not? He thought, he was like, this isn't going to work, but I'm going to still pitch it. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. And he's like, yes, rolled two 20s for like the, the strength check to do the, you know, shield lift, and then... I rolled, like, an 18 acrobatics on the jump. Yeah, and and then he rolled another 20 for the attack on the shield to explode it at the right time to give him enough air to rocket him into the air. (laughs) Then he's like, I'm gonna use all of my spell charges on this. I'm gonna use my special ability, my pinpoint ability shot thing. It was one guaranteed hit with my spear. Like, I could throw the spear and it would be a guaranteed I could call exactly where it would hit. So, he was, like, I'm dropping everything on this one hit. Speared the deity through the eye. (laughs) And just don't, like, did a fifth the damage of this, you know, big boss character. Yeah, 20% of her health, gone. Yeah. In the first turn of the first minute of the first everything. But then I had to fall like five stories back to Earth. Yeah. And and Flyboy saved me by hardcore monk parkouring off the walls to catch me. I love it, dude. (laughs) Flyboy's amazing. Yes. So they're, they're fighting and, you know, the team, the sanctuary people were actually getting beaten pretty bad. And so... We're getting bodied. <laughs> yeah. So Flagboy's like, oh, my character has this growth potion. I'm going to drink it. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. You're going to use it. So he grew like 50 times his normal size. Ultraman style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of his stuff grew with him. And by this point, he had those, those fire gauntlets. So what he did was he ran over to stop this deity because she moved really fast. She had a movement of like 60 feet or something versus everyone else's wow. movement of 30. Mm-hmm. And so, could teleport on top of it. Yeah, I mean, she was she was supposed to be tough. So he like punched her into the wall and started doing this cheese grater <laughs> motion. Oh my God. <laughs> With the fire gauntlet. <laughs> Saying, I don't want to see your face. Let me see your face. I don't want to see your face. And Why are you here? I don't want to see your face. What? No, I don't want to look at you. Because <laughs> he was so mad by that point. She was, I mean, she was. He killed, she killed some of our favorite NPCs in that encounter. Yeah. We were livid. Oh, no. Are you okay? You just reminded me of my favorite NPC. Oh, oh no. Rest he was also dead. Yeah. Oh. I'll tell his story after you guys are done. Okay, so 
I think this is where the crazy part happened. Because this had been crazy enough. Yeah, so he's doing that. Meanwhile, there's like a there's like a teleportation pond thing in the middle of this sanctuary. It was a crazy D and don't know what I was on. It was it was nuts. So there's this like little pool basically in the center that teleports people. Somehow someone fell in Paul It Bunyan. was Bunyan got knocked into it yeah, by the got, deity. Oh, that's it. So he got knocked into it. Like, literally just punted across the room, effectively. <laughs> yeah. So Tom, he's like, oh, I run over to help. And then he fell in, because you rolled a one. And then someone else went over to help. It was an NPC and, tried to bail us out, so we're falling through this portal, and unless you have, like, a mage directing it, you just fall into infinity. Yeah. Effectively. So this was death. Yeah, so the NPC <laughs> went over, but barely rolled enough to like kind of keep them from falling too much farther but couldn't get them out we were a chain of people was the npc was holding on to my ankle i was holding on to bunyan's ankle while this npc exactly (laughs) while this npc is also riding a giant possum i love it that is precious to me it's one of my favorite animals in the world mine too and it like worked for the character because possums like grapes apparently oh gurps this this is a poor thing i mean the possum was huge obviously if someone can ride it so he was flyboy's like cheese grating the deity and then he's like oh no my friends are about to die so the ground was covered in water it was supposed to be water but you know everyone's like no Someone peed themselves. The way she, the way Karen described it, it sounded like this character had peed themselves when they were just like trying to cast a water spell effectively. I feel so stupid right now. But basically, yeah, it was like, it was like supposed to be like a healing springs thing spell. Sounded so like she peed herself. So I was like, oh, you know, it. It was like water everywhere, but then they're like, no, we're silly, and it's midnight. We're going to be dumb. So he was like, okay, I have to save my buddy. So Flyboy's like, I'm going to kick off of the wall. I'm going to kick the deity who's against the wall, but I'm going to kick off the wall at the same time. I'm going to slide through this spring water. I'm going to grab the possum, and I'm going to stick it in the portal (laughs) so it can save my friends. Incredible. And he described it that way. He's like, I'm going to kick the deity, slide the piss, grab the boss, and stick it in the portal. Yeah, so I was like, okay, just roll. I give up at this point. And it was like, he rolled a 16, a 17, an 18, and then a 20. And I was like, how do you keep doing this? You had him kick, uh, roll on the kick, roll on the slide, roll to grab the possum, and then roll to see if the possum successfully grabbed us and pulled us out of the portal. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. I love it. So tell us your story. Okay, you so... remembered. Yeah, I added it to my list here. So, there was this one time between campaigns we were at an in, or in, like, in bar tavern place to stock up on stuff like crossbow bolts etc and to rest and get our hp back and whatnot and uh there was this like quirky little wizard there who had like a brown cloak and a brown top hat and a torch and uh he had we had a mini for him that was really funny looking so we used that mini for him and he was just like okay this might be a little much (laughs) 
He was reading some inappropriate magazines in the middle of the tavern. <laughs> the like, wizard? Yeah. Very inappropriate magazines. <laughs> i got to be careful here. Uh, <laughs> but my character, the cleric, the holy man, was like, hey, what you reading, bud? And uh, we were like, he was like, this is a good one. And he was like crazy. Roshi. So, so we became like the best of buds <laughs> with this crazy wizard. And he, instead of having a bag of infinite holding, his hat was of infinite holding. So he would stick his torch in his hat when he didn't need it, and then he'd pull it out of his hat when he wanted to look when he wanted to light something. So he just he just pull anything out of his hat, all his stuff he kept in his hat, and. <laughs> We became best friends, so he gave us quests. So he was like, you guys are cool. I'm going to give you a quest. And then one day, when I was at marching band or something, marching band practice and couldn't be there, he died. <gasps> and I don't even know how he died. You guys are so sad, even though you don't even know him. He, he died, but his ghost would like still tell us where trouble was afoot. <laughs> so we still got to see him. He was my best friend. He was Jim the Wizard. And he, and he was a good guy. I love when there's like a good fleshed out NPC. I always get sad when they die. Yeah, it was very sad. I couldn't even be there for him. Oh you God! You would have died if you were there. Uh, Moment of silence for Jim the Wizard. Thank you. <laughs> well, I am. That is so sad, though. I know. I. I miss him every day. Not every day, because obviously I just remembered him when you were. <laughs> We've reawoken the pain. During high school, I missed him every day. When you did remember him. Yeah. Aww. Good times. I love getting attached to an NPC. Yeah. And then a character like Paul Bunyan will mess up and then blind that NPC on accident. Oh, no. Yeah, the one riding the possum got blinded in that fight. Because Paul Bunyan, like, crit failed. Like, on mm. it was punching a the deity. It was a stupid play. I, like, he had a potion of, like, holy light, effectively. Think, like, um, at the end of Lord of the Rings, Frodo's got the light of that star in a glass vial. Paul Bunyan decided that his character was going to try and stick that thing in the deity that we were fighting's mouth and then uppercut the deity's jaw so it would chomp down on the... It was... Stupid, but he immediately crit failed the thing and broke the glass all over and ended up blinding the NPC, the NPC buddy with broken shards of glass. Because the NPC buddy was like holding down the DD, like full Nelson yeah, in the, the DD. The deity? The deity, sorry. Yeah, Kennedy I was words. thinking, excuse? <laughs> yeah, so. Sorry. She ended up going blind for a little bit until they did a side quest to restore her vision. But, I mean, it was just like, she almost died. And I'm like, oh, well, she did what she had to. At least there wasn't a genie there, right? <laughs> I, I still, I didn't think, I'm not going to lie, the way you said it, I thought you were lying. Like, I thought you were just making a joke. Nope. That is occasionally difficult to tell with you. The genie was real. That's That should be the next march. The genie was real. <laughs> the genie was real all along. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I don't know the way you were like, oh, there's a genie there. And I was like, oh, that's funny, a genie. And then it was real. And I'm like... Yeah, that's not the only time you, you freaked out during that session. Because there was also when... 
because we were sitting there and the cat jumped up on the window seal. Oh, yeah. And I was like, Karen, look, it's a kitty. And you were like, oh, I need it. <laughs> you like tried to go outside and touch it and what? like brought the whole campaign to a halt. I love cats. Cats are babies and angels and are perfect. Agreed. Oh, my gosh. Well, is this a good time to end it? Sure. I only told half my stories, but sure. What? <laughs> what? Well, I'm thinking... What? We could tell why you're PTSD and that That's for another time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me, I, let, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell one more. Yes. About when I carried the level one party. Oh, yes. Because I don't think... Was it this episode or last episode where I said if you started even in the middle of a campaign where everyone was a higher level, you had to be level one in our D&D club? I think it was last time. Yeah, last yeah. Episode. Was last episode. So there was like the seniors and the veterans who played in one group, and then the freshmen had their own DM and their own story. But there was one day where the other seniors didn't show up. This was senior year. They didn't show up. I was the only one there. They all had something to do. So I couldn't play by myself. So we brought the freshmen over, and they were all still level one because all they do is goof off, right? Because they're freshmen. Of course. So it's me, this high-level, god-tier, half-elf cleric, who's, like, invincible compared to them. And they're all just a bunch of level ones with just characters that have been just little pre-maids, probably. Uh, So we do an entire dungeon in that one night. Just just a, a nice, speedy dungeon run. So that we don't start anything that has to be several several sessions while the main people aren't here Mm -hmm. so it's just once again just me and level ones and i don't think they did any damage to anything (laughs) the entire (laughs) night i did literally everything i constantly healed them i did all this stuff and then we get to the final boss and remember this is for the seniors high level campaign Uh so it's a big beefy boy it's a big boy chungus of sorts the bbeg yeah the bfg uh and (laughs) i can't take it by myself there's just no way but the entrance the exit is available you can just leave you don't have to fight it but you have to get by it oh like the first boss in dark yeah so there's like this cliff and he's at the bottom of the cliff so we have to jump off a cliff to get away from him they jump off a cliff like a really high damage dealing cliff so what we do is we all roll to jump off and we land. A couple of them break their legs. Oh, baby! And then I cast this protective light dome that heals anyone under it for like two turns. It just like stays up or something like that. I don't remember the exact specifics. But it was a light dome that healed everyone under it, but it didn't. But it couldn't fix their broken legs, but it did heal their HP. So the boss comes over and he's wailing on the dome. And so I have to pick up not one, but both broken leg guys. <laughs> and then when the dome drops, we all rush the exit. Me with two people <laughs> over my shoulders. And we escaped and we got all the experience points. Not as much as if we would have killed the boss, but still. Talk about putting the team on your back. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and that's why I have a bad back this very day. I had to carry all the freshmen. It was oh, that day that his back was no good no mo. <laughs> So you guys, uh, you guys think that's good for this episode? Well, I don't want you. I don't want to like you know do all the stories in one go, unless you just want to keep two in stories. Well, it's forty-four minutes. Well, it's up to you, master of ceremonies. 
<laughs> we'll just stop here for the day. Thank you all very much for your support. Remember to rate, comment, subscribe. Definitely rate us on Apple Podcasts if you can. Uh, check out the description for this podcast where there will be links to uh, social media, Twitter at B3 Productions, B3 Podcasts on Facebook. We also have merch as well and a Patreon. So that's it. Thank you all very much for your support. And we'll see you next time when the one called Fate knocks at your door. <laughs>